morning. <laughs> I was standing behind the camera waiting for it to come on for me to step on to the stage. <laughs> and I thought, what am I going to do here? I don't want to walk across the plants. So the thought came to me to go behind this wall and come out this way. And uh, it's just something different. Um, my pans sometimes kind of get messed up. I, you know, I, I just do one take. I don't do take after take after take after take. I just turn the camera on and whatever happens is whatever happens. And I just let it go with that because, you know, tomorrow I'll do another video. If you don't like the beginning of this video, I'll do another one down there in Golden tomorrow morning. And, uh, you know, just keep on trucking is what I <laughs> adhere to. I'm a truck driver, 40 years on the road, so I use my trucking career as a part of my ministry. The Lord has always said to me over all these years to use everything that's in your life, use everything for the ministry. I don't, he's never not one time said, well, don't use that or don't use that. He's never said that to me. He uses all of my life, all the good, all the mediocre and all the wonderful things, the hot, the cold, the lukewarm. He puts it all together into the ministry and uh, it's kind of the way I can relate to just about everybody on the street and in my world that I circulate through. And it's just the way that I do it. And it's an example for you, okay? So let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can be an example because we're following you, Jesus. We're not following ourselves. We're not following some man. We're not following some church. We're not following some denomination. We're not following some manual that somebody wrote. We're following the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit of God, by the power of God, this Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Jesus, that for what you're doing, we lift your name up. We say it so often. We always say it, Jesus, 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 Jesus. We're not ashamed to say that name, Jesus, over and over and over. And I thank you, Lord, that I will exalt that name above every other name that you've already have done that. But I want to agree with you, Lord, that your name is exalted above every other name. It's the highest name above all. No other name can we call upon to be saved from the Son of God. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. In your name, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So I say that a lot because so many people, they talk and they don't ever mention the name of Jesus. I'm talking about English-speaking people. If I was Hebrew, I'd probably use this Hebrew name, but I'm not Hebrew. I'm a Gentile and I speak English. So therefore, the Lord has given me an English Bible, an English tongue, and an English country to live in. Therefore, I don't try to bring other countries into this country. I talked to a man yesterday at Walnut Broadway. He was Spanish, he didn't know very much English. And uh, he wanted to see what I was doing. He's seen me off and on for the last two and a half, three years, but he's never talked to me. He always just waves to me. But he had enough courage for some reason, I don't know why, to come over and talk to me. Very nice man, very, very, he looks like he has the same job. He's been doing the same thing, rides the same bicycle, get on the same bus on the same time every time I'm there. So he's very consistent, very elegant man, Spanish man. Uh, but he's uh, just really, very respectful, very kind, very soft, gentle man. And uh, uh, he asked me uh, in just broken English uh, what I was doing. And I was told him I'm lifting up uh, Jesus Christ. So Jesus, yeah, so in his dialect, it's not Jesus Christ, it's Jesus. And he said the Christ, I don't, didn't understand that part. He was kind of quiet spoken. And uh, it was really noisy there in Walnut Broadway. So he's using, he reads out of a, doesn't read out of the English Bible. He reads out of his Spanish Bible and he uses Spanish words when he prays and he uses his known law, tongue, Spanish. 
you know, to speak. And so in his book, it doesn't have J-E-S-U-S. That's the English interpretation of the name of Jesus. Oh, you know, whatever that, you know, his, his Hebrew name. And I don't know his Hebrew name. Everybody has a name. It seemed like he's got about four or five different Hebrew names. Nobody can kind of seem to agree about one name. It's lots of different names. But, uh, you know, you can call the word. There's the go. There's the word. But that's also English. So anyways, uh, uh, that's what I'm talking about. He didn't use the word he. Oh, you're praising he. Or you're praising him. Or you're praising his glory. He was very, he must have said Jesus four, five, six, seven, ten times. I mean, he said it over and over, Jesus. And he just looked up Jesus, you know, and he did his other things in Spanish. So he rode around me, you know, taught, walked around me about once, and then uh, went over there and read the sign best he could. He didn't understand anything on my sign. And uh, I told him our church, we have Spanish Bibles in our church. If you want to come to our church, we have Spanish Bibles. He said, you know, gracias, or whatever he said. So I just want, thought I'd bring that up. That's a kind of a big topic in today's world. Uh, didn't used to be way back when, when I was growing up or when I was learning in the ministry, that wasn't a problem. But around the mid nineties or so, that became a problem. Uh, that became a problem in the body of Christ. If you don't mention the Hebrew name of Jesus, you're not saved. Yeah, that's how radical some people have gotten with it. You don't worship a Hebrew way or Hebrew technique or do things in a Hebrew fashion. God won't receive your praise or your worship. You see how, how, how that's not right. That's not, that's not correct. That's a lie. Because you know? I'm not Hebrew. And if you're Hebrew, you ought to be doing it the way you're supposed to be doing it. You know, don't try to copy me or some English people. Copy, you know, I mean, you can get saved as a Hebrew person. You can get saved. Yes, Jesus is your Savior. He's your Messiah. Now, People are in war right now. I hope people are calling out to Jesus to be saved using the Hebrew of Jesus Christ. You know, however, you know, Christ is not his last name. And uh, because if the Hebrew that are at war right now, the Israel, uh, and they die without Christ, that's it. I'm sorry. You have to call upon Jesus Christ, Messiah. Now, what God's going to do with that later on, I don't know, because... They're God's promised people. They're God's people. And uh, I've had many Hebrew come up to me and says, I don't need Jesus because I'm chosen. I'm a, I'm a chosen person. I'm a chosen people. I'm a chosen, I think that's what the last couple of times they said, I'm a chosen people. They don't need Jesus. That's what they told me. Now, to me, that's a lie. Now, I don't know what God's doing with that. You know, I, you know don't go there because I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend like I know, nor am I going to study and how, what that's all about because that, that has no bearing on my ministry. And the Lord did not quicken that to me, didn't say I need to go in that direction. So I'm not gonna chase after men and their doctrines. I'm gonna chase after God's doc, God and God's doctrine, not man and man's doctrine, nor am I gonna chase after seducing spirits and their doctrine, doctrines of you know, devils. Not gonna do that, but you can if you want, I guess. You know, good luck. I mean, well, I don't say, say good luck because that's not right either. So I rebuke that. Uh, well, I hope you make it. <laughs> I hope you make it. Anyways. All right, so I'm, I'm going to pray real quick. So, Lord, I thank you that we can uh, uh, bring to light uh, some situations that are going on in your body. I already know, Lord, that you're bringing that to light but because uh, you, you showed me. And if you're showing me, you're showing multitudes of others because I'm not anyone special. I'm just 
just like everybody else. I'm just one of the gang, one of the team, one of the family members in your body. And uh, just doing a different kind of work. That's all I'm doing, just a different kind of work than somebody else. But we're all working together. And uh, one mind, one heart, one body. Hallelujah. One God. Thank you, Lord. And uh, we just dedicate the rest of this time to you in Jesus' name. In your name, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's usually, that's usually the first things on my mind is Jesus. In fact, not usually, always. I can't think of a time in the last couple decades. Uh, let me say this too. Uh, my life changed a lot in the ministry when I went through a great tragedy. In 1994, I suffered the greatest tragedy in my life and still to this day, since 1994, 30 years later, is still my greatest tragedy. It has literally altered the course of my life. And uh, because of that course altering, uh, it changed my temperament, it's changed my view of life, it's changed my preaching style, it's changed the way I pray, the way I read the Word, the way I follow Christ. The way I do everything changed when that great, great, great life-changing, life-altering tragedy happened in my life. And I'm not going to mention what it is because it wouldn't be tragedy to some other people. But to me, it was and still is today. And uh, so sometimes, if you don't change and you don't obey God, listen to this. If God told you something to do and you have disobeyed God, you're going to reap the consequences of disobedience. Did you hear that? I ain't kidding. I'm serious. Because I've ripped, 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 ripped it for years and years and years. Actually destroyed my life and destroyed my ministry. Disobedience. That's why I'm really hot on what I'm doing. Let me take, I'm going to do a commercial real quick because now that Holy Spirit just quickened me. The reason I have this true study book, this is commercial now. You can leave if you want. <laughs> Click uh, skip ad, but there's no skip ad button. This is an ad for the our true study book, we're doing classes on this. We did the 34th class of 65 today. I do it every Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. live stream, live broadcasting in my studio. When I mean studio, I don't mean a camera studio. I mean a studio apartment. I've given everything away. I'm living as simple as I possibly can. I've reduced everything down to the most basic tools that I need to build the ministry. My life is not important to me anymore. What I look like to others is not important. I just want to look good to Jesus. Jesus changed my wardrobe six years ago. He changed everything in my life one more time. I've had many seasons. That's the sermon we're going to talk on, seasons. Uh, I've had many, 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 I un almost an uncountable number of seasons, spiritual seasons and physical seasons. I'm not talking about spring, summer, and winter, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about ministerial and life type seasons. And uh, right now we're in a season of this true study. And this season of 65 classes, 13 weeks, we're going through this tool. This is not a Bible study. This is not a Bible study. It's a class on teaching us how to use this tool that the Holy Ghost gave us, or gave me. And I'm giving it to everybody else, uh, if you want it. You know, a lot of people don't want it. They're just curious. Most people are just curious. That's fine. Uh, but out of the, all the curious seekers, uh, we'll find one or two that are serious. And those who are serious, God's going to probably, I'm going to guess, rebuild or build your ministry in a very spectacular way. And the reason I say that, the reason I say that is oftentimes God will join you with another ministry or another church or another uh, organization of some sort that is growing 
or God is re-altering or God is expanding. And as they expand or they grow, your ministry grows and expands. That's the anointing that covers a certain type of ministry. However, the opposite is true. If you're in a church that's dying and God's moved out of that church, the Holy Ghost is no longer there and is dying, your ministry will also die. Yeah, that, it's a fact. So if you have a dead ministry, kind of look at the church you're going to. Kind of look at the church you're going to and start praying to God. And you'll probably look back quite a long time that God told you to leave that church because he knew it was dying. And he knew that once it died, your ministry would die also. See? That's why if you're married, you don't hang around divorced married couples, uh, divorced couples. You know, you hang around good, wholesome families. You hang around good marriages. Guys hang around good Good guys who have good wives and good marriages. Women hang around good women who have good, who are good wives and good mothers and good families. You don't hang around that. Because once you hang around that, you're gonna attract what you're hanging around. That's just life and you're not gonna be able to get away from that and it'll come on you like a gangbusters. It'll come on you like a freight train. It'll come like on you like a storm and it'll destroy your life and you're gonna wonder what happened to my life. And I'm telling you up front, now you can look at me and say, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, like most do. Or you can say, you know, I better start praying to God. Because that's my objective, is to get you to pray to God. Just exactly what you just said. I better pray to God. That's my objective in everything I'm doing. To get you to go to God. Not to me, and to check me out. I don't need to be checked out by anybody. God checks me out every single second of my life. And he rebukes me. If I make a mistake and he corrects me because I immediately repent. I'm soft and tender to the Lord. I don't need a person coming in and rebuking me because I already know what's going on in my life. Most people in the last many, many decades, not many decades, I don't know, a couple of decades, I guess, who have come to me to rebuke me, uh, are they don't know what they're talking about. I'm long past whatever they're saying because I listen to God, so I walk with the Lord so closely. And that's come from a lot of struggle, a lot of fire, a lot of problems, a lot of, you know, one big tragedy. And that's what this book is all about. I talk a lot about this, why the first 20 minutes of our hour class just seems to be uh, kind, of a, uh, kind of a summary of how we got into this book, how the Lord brought it into my life, and how we're using it. And then we go into, like today, on this class, this is a logbook. This is just a logbook. It's just a tool. It's not a teaching. It's not some education. And I'm not making money on it. It's the same price as the printer charges. It's wholesale price. There's no profit intended. Uh, just We're giving all that away. We're giving our classes away. In fact, every other book we're going to give away. If you buy the book one, let me know you bought it. Send me a picture of that. I'll send you book two. For example, you know, you got to get on our email list and you have to come to some of our classes. You know, I mean, you got to do a few things to get a free book because it's cost me a lot of money to send you a book. So be on our classes, be on our email list, and uh, buy the first book, you know, and then I'll buy the second. You know, our church, our ministry, this ministry, this street ministry, will buy the second book. Because why? Because we have a lot of money? We know because we trust God. Jehovah Jireh, God's provision shall be seen in our life. We're not hoarding, scared to spend any money. What you give comes back, right? So uh, like, for example, I talked about all the times here. For example, like Banner, one hour, you know, I'm going to log 
probably three, four, or five hours today. Four hours at least. 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. Yeah, four hours today. 11 to 3 is my shift. And I got here about a quarter to 11, 20 minutes to 11. I'll stay till 3. And then I'll catch up the 3.30 bus back home. Or 3.45. All right. And then so that's one hour. 10 souls. Well, I'm going to have more than 10 souls. I might have 1,000 or 2,000 souls go by me. I don't know yet. So we'll see how what the, what the population is, what the traffic is, and where all the people are. But this is kind of a quiet little area of town. This is where God wants me, though. So you can log everything. It's pretty amazing what's going on here. And I don't want to go into a lot of detail there. So that's that. If you want to get it, it's got the bookpatch.com. And you do a search on... Uh, GC True Study, and it'll come up, or you can do a Google search on this, and it'll come to the book patch, and you can order it right there. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah! Right. All right. So let's. Uh, so this is uh, our Sunday prayer letter, the called titled "The Holy Ghost," Acts 19. We're in the theme called "Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship." We've seen signs, we've seen wonders, we've seen miracles in our ministry since January when we started this theme, which will change come January 1st. We'll go into a new theme. And uh, we already know what that is. Uh, my banner will be representative of that new theme. It's really gonna be interesting. Next year is gonna start off a whole, that's, that'll be my fifth year. 2024 will be my fifth year on the street and the fifth year in building gospel adventures. It's a 10 year season, 10 years. Not two years and your church will be built. He said, are you willing to commit to 10 years to build Gospel Evangelist Church? And it took me a while to pray because 10 years is a long time, especially when you start at 65. So I'll go from 65 to 75, thereabouts. But I might have to go longer, maybe 77 or 78, because of the health issue. For those two years, it seemed like there was nobody on the street, nobody around. It was like a ghost town because everybody was scared. I wasn't, but people were, and rightfully so, I guess. I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. But praise and worship, I've only seen praise and worship one time so far this year. That was a few weeks ago in our church, but uh, it was just a one-time deal, and uh, haven't seen it since, and we're still believing for praise and worship. That wasn't a breakthrough. When it happens one time, that's not breakthrough. Breakthrough is when it, God opens that door, and no man can shut it, right? So we had praise and worship because of a man invited him and he came based on the friendship and lo and behold, he wasn't there next Wednesday or this Wednesday and he probably will never come back again, I'm gonna suppose, unless he's invited. I'm not gonna invite him because I want the Holy Ghost to invite people. Now they may, they may come here to me and we'll be talking and the Holy Ghost will quicken me to invite them. So that to me is the Holy Ghost inviting them to our church. That's one way. And uh, we'll see, you know. Am I worried? Not in the least. Not in the least. Not in the absolute least at all. Because I don't serve man. I don't serve a church. I don't serve a denomination. I serve Almighty God. Who are you serving, my friend? I mean, really, seriously ask yourself, who and what are you serving? Are you serving your business? Your business is your provider. Your business is your source. Your business is everything to you. That's what pays for all the bills and pays for your family, pays for everything. Well, I tell you, man, you may lose your business. You better turn that business over to God and seek first the kingdom of God rather than seek first your business. How about your schooling? A lot of students at CU are living on grants and government funding because they can't pay the 
CU is a fortune to go there, absolute little fortune. And so people can't afford to go there, so they're living on their schooling. They seek first their schooling, they seek first their government grants, they seek first their government funding, government loans, as a believer. I mean, it's serious business. Who do you seek first? You know? Do you seek your church before you go out and preach? Pastor, can I go out and preach? Are you get, is that what you want? You want his blessing on you? Don't seek me, seek God. You wanna to give to this ministry? You talk to God. Do what God tells you to do. You wanna come out to the street with me? Do what God tells you to do. If God didn't tell you to come out on the street, don't come out on the street with me. But if God told you, I want you to go out on the street with John, then you better be out here because you're, you're in disobedience, yeah? If you wanna fly in, bus in, drive into Boulder and stand with me for a weekend or on a Sunday, not on a Saturday because I take Sabbath off, but on a Sunday, well, then that's what you should do. But if God didn't tell you to do that, and you're gonna do it on your own, that's fine too. God's not gonna get mad at you because <laughs> you're serving Him. But, uh, but if He did tell you, you, you ought to be talking to God about that, figuring out how to do it, have Him do that. Because I've had people, many, 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 many people in the last few years say, we're gonna come over to Boulder and preach with you. You know how many people have done that? One, one. And after two or three times, they disappear. I don't like the way John does it. So he talked to a bunch of other street preachers, says, I don't like the way John does it. And all of them said, well, it looks like he's doing okay to me. <laughs> what, what's, his, what's his problem? And uh, he said, that's not a problem. That's your problem. That's not his problem. That's your problem. I mean, it's really funny. They all told me that. I thought that was pretty cool. Anyways, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm up for correction. I mean, I, you know, I've never been a street preacher before. I've never done this before. So I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I know what I'm doing now, but uh, but I'm still learning, you know? Anyways, all right? So that's a lot of talk there. I know that. That's what these videos are all about, seems like. Uh, first, so Thursday, Acts 19, 21 to 27. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the Spirit uh, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome, verse 22. So he sent into Macedonia, two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season, for a season. He stayed in, stayed in, where did he stay at? Macedonia, I think. And he sent into Macedonia, two of them that, but he himself stayed in Asia, in Asia. Right, let's just say Asia. He stayed in Asia for a season. Man, it's hot. That sun. It's supposed to rain today, <laughs> and uh, at noon, uh, extreme high winds. I had a tornado or like a hur hurricane-type situation happened to Broadway and Broadway, Broadway and Walnut yesterday. Man, it was just vicious. Instead of the rain coming down, it was going sideways with the wind and just destroyed everything I had. It was like, wow, it just, boom, hit it hard, fast. For like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. Got drenched, everything got messed up, muddy and filthy and dirty. And, I said, Lord, I'm going to go home a half hour early. By the time I got home, everything ended. It's the crazy weather we live in. For a season, for a season. I want to sow that kind of like as a seed, as a season. Because our life is built up into seasons. One season, next season, this season. So like I've mentioned several times in a lot of my sermons that I'm in a season of life now. I'm the last season of my life. 
Now, how can I say that? Well, I spend time with God. That's how I can say that. I've heard God say that, so I'm saying it. I'm in agreement with God. I'm in my last season. Did Satan say that? No, he didn't say that to me. Did people say that? No. Did my family genealogy say that to me? No. My time with God said, you're in your last season, okay? He didn't tell me how long my season was. He just says, you're in your last season, which tells me here on earth, this is my last season. I don't have another season after this season on earth. The season I have after this one will be in eternity. That's, he's not referring to that. He's referring to here on earth right now during this era that we're living in, this season that we're in. And uh, so you have to understand seasons if you really want to be effective in the ministry. Uh, I mean, it helps. Let's just say it helps. And I use oftentimes, I use what, oh man, my leg. Uh, I often use uh, what David said, teach me to number our days. It's kind of the same way as teach us to number our seasons, to, to calculate our seasons. Because you gave us three score and 10, but by the reason of straight 10 more years, a uh, man he's given to 120 years. So, the, you know, there's seasons in our life. And it's in the Bible. Every hair on our head is numbered, you know, things like that. Uh, he knows our name. So he knows the season that we're in. When we know the season that we're in, we can kind of put the pedal to the metal and get trucking. And we can be trucking like crazy and get to our destination on time during that season. For example, in the trucking world, there are times when you have to slow down in the rig. You know, you're fully loaded, you're, you've left your shipper, you're headed for your receiver, and you're going from point A to point B, wherever that may be. It could be from LA to New York, New York to Miami, Miami to Seattle. It could be from Sacramento to Sac San Francisco. It could be a short haul, you know, or Redding to Seattle and back. That's what I did. I've been Redding, California, Seattle, and back. That's what I did for 27 years, or since September of 89 to April of 2017, however long that was, with a few years off for missionary work. So during that run, it was a 48 to 50 hour run. During that run, I uh, would uh, speed up during times, during that, because it's like different seasons, like going the northbound part of it, and then the, the eastbound part over Snoqualmie Pass, down the Apple Valley, because I hauled apples for 27 years. And then, then there's that part there, that's the season of the two, and then the season of coming back down. So it was like three seasons, the one going up, the one going over the mountain and the one coming down 97, Highway 97. I was a Highway 97 trucker. You know, that's a two-lane road, and it's from Canada all the way to, to uh, Weed, California. It ends in Weed, California, and that's where I pick up Interstate 5. You can look it on the map. So uh, truckers who run the, the 97 highway are kind of called Highway 97 truckers because it's a very uh, unique, uh, uh, very uh, challenging route. Very, very challenging especially during the winter time. Very challenging. Hundreds of wrecks throughout the years. It's just a very dangerous run, and I ran that run for 27 years. Uh, hundreds of miles on Highway 97. No freeway. It's a little two-lane road with no shoulder, and it's very highly uh, banked. Highly banked, so your rig's going down like this. You <laughs> really have to really pay attention. So anyways, uh, uh, I would know those seasons. So during those seasons, I would slow down in portions of it. Going north, I, I, areas I'd have to slow down. Not because of speed, or tr because of other things around what's going around me. And then there would be an open highway, and I can kind of kick it up a few notches and kind of make up some time, you know? Uh, 
because I know because when you go five north, you've got a lot. Of, you have five mountain passes to go up and over. Five mountain passes from Reading, and then so I know that I'm going to be trucking up those mountain passes pretty slow, right? Pretty slow. You know, 80,000 pounds, uh, forty tons, climbing up those mountains. But you know, going down, I uh, can't really make up some time, but I can kind of. Uh, you know, kind of do a few things to kind of keep things moving along, let's say. And uh, then when I get on the stretches, if there's no highway, I mean, if there's dinner season of time, that there's very little traffic, maybe I can kick it up a little bit, you know? So I can kind of make up my time where I'll have to slow down. And the reason I can do that is because I know the season. See, when you know the season that you're in, you can all, you can kind of move around in that season. Like I know the season I'm in now. That's why I can come to Superior and give it all I got. Because the season I come to, to Superior is only the second Thursday of the month. I only come here once a month on Thursdays, right? So when am I gonna be back in this season here on this, this area here? Well, it'll be the first Thursday of November, right? This is October. So understanding the season that you're in is very important. You spend a lot of time understanding that and that's the idea of this book too to help you determine seasons in your life like book one is a season did you know that the majority of people won't go to book two the vast majority will not go to book two and those that do go to book two it breaks it down even further that won't go to book three and by the time you get to book eight there's just one or two people left that of the original one of the original ones that started the first book yeah so that's a challenge to you too but that's, what, that's life. So what happens is you have to always be bring, finding new people. Always gotta be witnessing, always gotta be saving souls. You always gotta be, because people quit. People leave, people get bored. People go other places, they move away or whatever the case may be. People die, how about that? Lo and behold, look, novel idea, people die. I hope they don't die without Jesus. And so, uh, uh, I have to be adding, that's why I'm advertising this book. Thank God for Rebecca. She, Rebecca told me to, you know, sister, she told me to keep on advertising for that great book. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I, did, I thought maybe I was offending people. I don't want to offend anybody too much. <laughs> I got a big boot here. I can... <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I... Uh, uh, Understanding season. So when we get to book two, I'm trying to find new people while I'm doing book one who will move into book two and they can pick up book one later on. You know what I'm saying? And so as we go through book two and people start falling away and stop quitting, they start quitting and falling away. That's, that's life. You have to understand that. And uh, that I'll be finding more people to join us in the class. That's why I'm trying to get others to, hey, invite somebody to join our class. You know, I don't want to be the only one asking people to, hey, check us out. You know, buy this book, you know, buy my book. <laughs> but anyways, because uh, that's seasonal. See, that's a season. See, season. Like every, but a lot of people don't look at every single class we do. They look at one or two classes during the week. Sometimes they only go on a Monday or a Thursday or Tuesday or Friday. I mean, they all go different. Sometimes they're working now in the mornings and they were off in the mornings and now they're watching in the afternoon because they work in the mornings sometimes they work in the afternoon and now they're free in the mornings i mean see it's seasonal that's why you now here's the point of all this talk i'm saying to you 
The point is this, and if you're still here, I think most people quit. There are most people watch eight, nine, 10 minutes of the video and they turn it off. And here I'm in probably 30 minutes now or whatever it is, and a lot of people are gone. So here's the point of the story. The point of the story is uh, Satan will come in and use seasons to, uh, to put pressure on you so that you'll do something. And so you'll cause a mistake or the, cause you to fall down. He'll use that tool of seasons. And if you don't do something right or do this or that, he'll come at you with just the heaviness and the darkness, and he'll just come at you in a big way. And you cannot allow Satan to beat you up. I, we all know, God knows that people are like sheep. You know, they follow this sheep, and then they a shepherd, and then they'll follow that shepherd, and they just kind of go, I mean, you know, we, a lot of sheep don't have a mind of their own. They just follow whoever's the leader. You know, they just are blindly following somebody. Uh, occasionally, though, you'll find those who are independent. We call those black sheep, right? <laughs> or, I mean, a colloquial, you know, earthly term. But uh, Peter calls them peculiar people. We are a peculiar people. We're peculiar sheep. We don't do things like other sheep are doing, right? And so, if you mess up, don't allow Satan to beat you over the head with that. Just repent. So, Lord, I messed up in that last season. I apologize for that. I help me to learn what I made, where I made the mistake, and uh, show me in the Word, and uh, just don't let me go, or you know, and just put my feet back on the rock. If I slipped off, I mean, just help me to get going again, Lord, and uh, and He'll fix you. He'll clean you up, and he'll put you into the next season, for example. Or he'll tell you in that next season to finish what you did in the first season, and then I'll bring you into the second season. Whatever, something like that. All right, so uh, let's go on down here, first season. At the same time, there arose no small stir about that way. I'm gonna stop right there, I'm, so let's, 23. And the same time, there arose no small stir about that way. That way is referring about Jesus Christ, because Paul turned cities upside down, the Bible says. Turned them upside down. He, is, he filled the city with, with Jesus Christ, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, teachings of Christ. He filled the city. Not just the city. Oh, here comes the wind. Sorry about that. He'd fill the whole country. In fact, it says the whole world was filled with the gospel of Christ. No small stir, are you, can people say that about you? In Boulder, I am making a big stir in Boulder, big stir. So people could say, there is no small stir in Boulder because of Preacher John. Our church might, our church might be flat, might have one or two people, one maybe, two, two people, and maybe a half a dozen or dozen visitors, two committed, but guess what? We're still making a big stir. God can take one person and turn that city upside down. Do you believe that? It's Bible. What do you do with Jonah? Jonah proclaimed and published the teaching of, G of teaching of salvation. Being, you know, God's a, you know, you know what he told in the city of Nivea. How big was Nivea? It says it took three days to walk across the city. Three days. That's like 30 miles or more. Minimum of 30 miles, 10, 10 miles a day, 15 miles a day, 20 miles a day. Could have been 60 miles 
60 miles wide. Took three days. God gave him 40 days. If you don't repent in 40 days, I'm destroying this city. So he sent Jonah in there to warn everybody, warn everybody. Now people can say, oh, Jonah doesn't know what he's talking about. Preacher John doesn't know what he's talking about. That's what a lot of Christians say to me. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. And they end in sin, they end in problems, they end in out of the ministry, they end in Satan, they end in sin because they don't listen to the man of God. Their blood is not on our hands. The blood of Nivea is not on the hands of Jonah. The blood of Colorado is not on my hands because I'm preaching throughout the state of Colorado. In another week or two, I'm gonna be down in the southern Colorado, southern end of Colorado, Trinidad, for a week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'll be down there preaching the gospel, making no small stir in the state of Colorado. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we make no small stir wherever we go as saints and ministers of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father God, that you give us power, the Spirit of God, to do mighty works. Lord, you said that you're going back to the Father, that we're going to do mightier works than you did. So I thank you, Lord, that you've given us that ability, that power by your Spirit to do mighty works. I thank you, Lord, that signs, miracles, and wonders follow the preaching of the Word of God, that you confirm that Word with those signs following. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. We'll speak in new tongues. We'll lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. We'll cast out devils. We'll get people saved. Hallelujah. We'll preach the pure Word of God. Yes. And Satan won't destroy us. We won't die. We won't be taken out because of Satan, because no weapon formed against us shall prosper, because we're doing the Word of God. And you're watching us, and you're confirming it as we move along. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Amen and amen. All right, so I hope there was something here for you. And uh, have a great day. I'm going to go lift my banner to put this down, lift my banner, and continue out here to 3 o'clock. And then I'll catch the bus after I go to Whole Foods over there and buy a few groceries. And I'm going to take my Bible and I'm going to put it in my shopping cart where the baby's, you know, the baby section of the cart. And uh, just like I said on class, I'm going to see what kind of reactions I get walking around Whole Foods, <laughs> which is owned by Amazon. <laughs> this should be really interesting. And uh, my banner will be in the cart, and uh, it's going to be interesting. I'll be dressed like this, and uh, we'll see what happens, right? So uh, tomorrow's Friday. I'm going to be in Golden, Colorado. I'll take the GS bus, Golden bus. It's about a 45-minute ride on the bus rather than my two-and-a-half-hour run that I used to do for two-and-a-half years because they ended that run based on the uh, health issue. And uh, but now, September 1st, they started that back up. So this will be my second trip on the Golden bus. first one was last month. This will be my second time. Second Friday of every month, I'm in Golden, Colorado. God bless you, man. I love you. Bye.